Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm going to call him a friend of the show. I think he's a friend of the Are show. You? Yeah, I mean, I, guess I remember nice him of you. from yeah. his days way back at Kent State University uh, when he was the Shooky Cookie. Now he is. Where, where did he go to school? Our school, uh-huh. Kent State. That's right. Nick Shook is up next, and of course, Nick is uh, on NFL.com and the NFL Network right now. So proud of this guy. Yeah. So proud of him. And of course, he's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What's up, Nick? What's up, guys? And you, you're really getting me in my feels right now, talking about all you know the back in the Kent State days and everything. And appreciate you having me on. Well, I just always I admired you as a student. I admired. I don't know. It's kind of weird. You admired a 19-year-old? No, I just his ambition. Nick, what, what like, is he doing? Nick had serious ambition when he was well, in school, that's right? Good. Yeah. I mean, it's the idea. Yeah, you're supposed to go to school to get on that career path. Nick did. Am I right or am I right? Sure. Well, good. well I'll take that. It's not weird. I mean, it sounds the 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 phrasing sounds a little weird, but it's not weird. <laughs> no, it does sound like we meet like I, along the way, and that, that I would hope that somebody had met like Phelps when Phelps met me at Kent. I think I would hope that he had looked at me the same way I kind of looked at you. There's saying, a young Andy Baskin. This guy's going to be a rock star. He's working hard. He's trying to get a make a name for himself. Andy Baskin. And look at you. Now we're turning to you for expert advice. I love it. I love I do it. Too. <laughs> all right, and, make, and, and Nick, you live in Cleveland still, right? You work from Cleveland. I do. Yeah, yeah I'm just down the road. Yeah. yeah. All right. So make sure you read Nick's stuff on NFL. Yeah, he does a great job. Hey, what do you think of this thought of maybe perhaps moving the game on Sunday if the if the snow gets as brutal as it sounds like it could be in Buffalo? Well, it depends. Are you seeing this from the Browns' perspective, the Bills' perspective, or the league's perspective? All right, let's go because, league first. Let's go league perspective first. Um, I think you you consider moving it if there's a point where fans can't get to the game. But Buffalo has some experience with this. I mean, even a few years ago, they played the Colts in a near blizzard, and and I mean, I'm talking like about a foot of snow on the field. I remember Lashawn McCoy was still with the Bills at that time. He's you know he's running trying to get to a, you know score a touchdown and stuff like that, and it was great theater for them, right? But it really becomes an issue only when there's a safety concern from the league's perspective and whether the – I mean, because they're going to clear the snow off the field, whether it's just safe for players, safe for fans to get there and uh, without too much, too much issue. So I don't think you consider moving it unless you're talking, you know, was, was the, what's the old Blizzard of 79 or whatever it was yep. uh, back in the day? Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, otherwise, you'd probably proceed, you know, as planned. And this is – of course, it's Browns Bills. You know, we've seen this happen in Cleveland before in the past. I think from the Bills' perspective, you probably hope it gets moved because that's going to kind of you know slow down your offense. This is a team that willingly does not run the football. They they love to drop back and throw, run the football in a traditional offense. They like to run with Josh Allen, of course. He's got a little banged up, so they don't like to hand the ball to Devin Singletary. They got three solid backs: Naheem Hines, Devin Singletary, and James Cook, and yet they like to drop Allen back all day. And, and, and if there's a foot or so of snow, maybe two feet of snow, whatever it is, somewhere along those lines, uh, that's going to hurt your offensive rhythm. 
Uh, even though they're very talented. If you're the Browns, you're like, let's play this game. Let's slow this Bills offense down as much as possible because we can run the ball. We're committed to running the ball. We don't really prefer to throw it all that much. They, they do throw it, but they, they know their strength is the run. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that it gets moved. Um, it would have to be, so, you know, like in the instance of hurricanes and stuff like that, you see that get moved. Snow, not so much. This is football weather, right? So I don't think it'll get moved, at least not yet. As a guy who grew up here, lives here, but yet writes you know, nationally and on everything on, on the National Football League, you bring a different perspective to this stuff. What has been the most frustrating, disappointing aspect of what you've seen out of the Browns this year, Nick? Uh, early in the season, it was probably the, the lack of um, cohesion defensively. Um, you know, guys in, in the secondary in week one, two, and three, getting confused with their hand signals before the play, blown coverages. That was very frustrating for them. But I think overall it's been, it's been an expectation issue. I think that, that folks here thought too much of the Browns because they look at their roster. They see Nick Chubb in his prime. They see Miles Garrett in his prime. You know, Denzel Ward, you can go down the list. Good offensive line. They should be good. But you're missing your quarterback. And Jacoby Brissett has exceeded expectations. But I think the most frustrating thing with me is how much responsibility – Kevin Stefanski has put on Jacoby Brissett in situations in which he does not need to lean on him and, and how that's kind of reflected throughout this team. They lost winnable games early in the season. They've dug themselves a hole now where you could see, you know, you lose a few more where they'd start thinking about the off season, which is obviously not what you want uh, if you're Stefanski. And I don't, I just don't like the fact that he hasn't really trusted his strength. Now there's been some games like last week where essentially the opposing defense says, look, we're going to do whatever we have to do to stop Nick Chubb and dare you to beat us through the air. But there's been other instances where they've run the ball effectively and where they've gotten just a little too cute or a little too creative um, through the air. And, and it has cost them. I think it cost them in Baltimore. It's cost them in some other situations as well that, you know, he abandons the run a little bit too early. So I think it's a, it's a lack of both sides playing complimentary football. You saw it one time this season. It was against Cincinnati on Monday night. Since then, um, it's been one side hasn't been able to do the job that the other side has been able to do. There's just a lack of cohesion, and it just – I don't know what it is about this team last couple of years. They don't feel like they really care that much about each other, at least visually from the outside. It, it seems like they're not really that tight-knit of a group, and there's a lot of finger-pointing, and that's not good when you're looking at a head coach and evaluating his performance as well. So does Deshaun Watson coming back today uh, help or hurt what you just said? Well, okay, so I, you know, I talk, talk to my dad about this a lot. You know, he's a Brown, Brown fan, and, and what it is is we, as Northeast Ohio residents, everyone should have came into this season expect, putting a low bar on this season and, and realizing that, hey, we don't have our quarterback for 11 games for 12 weeks. We're not going to get him back. Until, you know, hopefully they get to a point where they're still able to be competitive, but ultimately you can't expect too much. I can't expect too much, you know, from my perspective of Deshaun Watson coming in. He hasn't played football in, you know, almost two years. So uh, it helps. I think long-term it helps more than short-term. I don't think that you're going to necessarily see this offensive jump all of a sudden. It's going to take some time, and they might not have enough games to really get into that rhythm before the season is over, which is the unfortunate outcome uh, of having suspension of that length. I think long-term, which is what this move was. It was a long-term move. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about this team. You just got to get stronger in the defensive interior. You got to get stronger at linebacker, and you got to keep everybody, you know, as healthy as possible, and keep keep the walls from crumbling down, which we know they happen a lot in Berea over the last twenty years. A long term move with Deshaun Watson does that translate at all to a long term investment in the coaches 
and the head coach. Or See, that's it, what I'm curious about. Yeah, is that fluid? Yeah, because and I think it's really important. This stretch coming up here is very important for the optics of it all. Because if this team kind of quits on Stefanski down the stretch, if they get to three and eight, three and nine, and they just quit on him, then I think you're gonna have a hard time not making a change. But I think he does have a lot of leeway, more leeway than an, uh, an, an average coach because of the decision they made at quarterback in the offseason because they put themselves willingly in this position this year. Uh, I think he has a little bit more leeway, but it, it you got to be able to kind of navigate this. You know, the win over Cincinnati was big for that. The, win, the loss in Miami, not so great. you got to figure out the next few games to put together a good effort that, that at least looks competitive. Maybe you lose a close game. And uh, you don't have people wanting to, you know, clean house on Monday morning as they often do in Cleveland, especially in a struggle-filled season. Yeah, I, it makes me wonder. Like, I just listened to you say and talk about the dynamic of the locker room and Kevin and what you just said about, you know, pressure. Like, I wonder what what's going through the Haslam's mind right now. And I know you said maybe a little bit of leeway, but like, what do you think is going through the Haslam's mind as, as far as the future and what they want to do with coaching and how they handle things and knowing that they don't have any first-round picks here for a while? Well, I think that, yeah, that's probably the biggest uh, disappointment is the fact that you don't have first-round picks and then you struggle through a season like this and you have nothing to really show for it. Um, I think that they've learned a lot in their decade of owning this team, and I think that um, they have developed some patience with things like this as long as everybody is on the same page. And the Watson investment was something that they all had to get on the same page for with the understanding, I believe, that, that this was not going to be the easiest season. So I think that, that they're going to be a little bit more patient and more understanding with Stefanski now than – they would in a traditional season. You know, if this was last season and they were struggling like this, then I could see a complete house cleaning, although coming off of the playoff appearance and victory in the year before, maybe they give them some leeway there as well. It's a weird situation, though. It's it's something that you don't really see that often. I lean toward them keeping everyone, maybe making a change of defensive coordinator, because if they struggle and continue to struggle, somebody's going to have to go. That's just the way it works. And if that's the case, then I think it's, you know, Joe Woods being shown the door if they play like they did last week. It's been very up and down in a lot of different areas, though, so it's tough. And that's why, even though this is not a team I expect to be contending for the playoffs at the end of the season, this still matters because it could very much dictate not just the next couple of months, but the next couple of years and the way it looks at the Browns. I was just going to go there. Nick Chukchoinius from NFL.com, local guy, Kent State grad. Is the defense, and there are, there are issues, clearly, Nick, and we look at the personnel. I love the defensive backs. I, I like the defensive ends. I don't like a lot of the other stuff. But when you look at the defensive issues, do you think personnel? Do you think scheme? Or do you think just a complete lack of binding it all together? Uh, I would say personnel and buy-in. Um, I thought the buy-in got better in recent weeks, but it was interesting that when they were missing a ton of guys that were supposedly, you know, that are key contributors that they happened to play more together in the game against Cincinnati than they have for a lot of this season. Personnel wise, you could see this coming from, you know, 50 miles away. I could see this coming from Toledo, for example. I mean, across the state, the fact that they had no depth in the defensive interior and their linebackers were a huge question mark so much that, you know, yeah, you lose Anthony Walker, which is a big blow that you go acquire Deion Jones, who has made an impact in very small spots, but has overall not been very good and wasn't very good, you know, toward the tail end of his career in Atlanta. You don't really give up much for him, of course, but I mean, that's, that's a sign of desperation. They didn't make plays for guys in the defensive interior on the defensive line in the off season and just kind of rolled with, well, we got to have Jordan Elliott prove it. And then we'll add in Taven Bryan and, and then we'll just roll with Perry on Winfrey. And hopefully all these 
players kind of pan out, and it, it's not panning out for them. And when you lose your bookend defensive ends in Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, then you're really exposed. And I know that they had them both back last week, but what did they do? They got pounded on the ground by a team that's suddenly becoming very good at running the football, but wasn't prior. You know, early in the season, the Dolphins couldn't run at all. So much they got rid of Chase Edmonds, the running back, and went and acquired Jeff Wilson. Look what he's doing for them. That is embarrassing from a defensive perspective uh, if you're the Browns, especially after the way you played against Cincinnati. Uh, it, it's a huge step back. So I think it's personnel, and I think it's the fact that they're just not cohesive. They're getting a little bit better, but that's why I always come back and wonder, man, like what – what truly is going on in that locker room? Uh, because they don't present a united front player-wise on a week-to-week basis. And I, I, it's not as if they have Super Bowl expectations, but it seems like the pressure has gotten to them to a degree where they're, they're just not very happy to be there at times. Nick, AFC North, um, Jamar Chase hopefully coming back for the Bengals. Ravens all the way? What do you think? Uh, no, that's tough. It's a hard <laughs> one, right? I think it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, if, if the Bengals can can continue to stick with their identity, um, which is, you know, they've kind of – it's not that they've given up on the run, but they're like, we're just going to run our offense out of the shotgun and we don't care what anybody else says. That's what they did a few weeks ago, and it worked out really well for them, except for when they played the Browns. It worked out well for them. You know, last week, Joe Mixon exploding for four or five touchdowns. So you get chased back. You, you bring that offensive strength back. The Ravens look like a good football team. I don't know if I'm quite on the same train as other people who are saying, like, they're one of the best teams in the league. They are on a nice win streak. And they have, they're a team that's not afraid to acquire veteran talent in positions of need. Uh, I, I wonder what their offense is going to look like a month from now because that, you know, they, they're, they're not as explosive as I think, you know, we, we expect them to be. So it's going to be close all the way to the end because I think the Bengals can put points up on the board and as long as they can play good enough defense against the Ravens. And there's a reason that their first game this year was so close. I think it's going to go all the way down to the wire between them. Nick, as always, thank you. We appreciate it. We're reading NFL.com and, of course, um, on NFL Network. So, Nick, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continued success, my friend. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on, as always. Hey, you know what, Andy? Thank you so much for your guidance for many years. I appreciate it. Oh, that's scary. Aw. Thanks, man. <laughs> Despite that, look at you. Well, I don't know. It's, I just, I'm just I'm, I'm proud of you. I'll just be honest. With you. I, I, like when I read your stuff at NFL.com, I'm like, man, I can't believe how far that. I, not not that I didn't think you couldn't do it, but I was just like, man, this is pretty awesome. So, Nick, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank talk, you. Talk to you later. Thank lot. you, Nick. Yep. Nick Shook, NFL.com, NFL Network. Nice enough to join us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.